Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's an exciting time of the year for UFC 251. It's going to be one hell of a card, baby, and without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, for the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, Try a parlay, for instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week. Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000, which means if you deposit two grand right now, you'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is capital BLV. To activate your offer from my bookie, bet, win, get paid, my bookie. Today is Friday, July third, two thousand and twenty. We've got the Flashback Friday interview of the week presented by TickPick.com. Remember to use the promo code OSHO ten. That's capital O S H O W ten for ten dollars off your next order. And for those of you paying attention, here's a little reminder for you. TickPick is hosting a virtual interview series this summer, speaking to former pro athletes like Yankees manager Aaron Boone, NHL Hall of Fame goalie Mike Ritger, and Pro Football Hall of Famer Tim Brown. To check out those interviews, click the link in TickPick's bio on all social media platforms. That means Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, to reserve your spot now. And with that being said, it is time for the Flashback Friday Interviews of the Week. Yes, plural, two interviews and kind of a third interview here on today's action-packed Friday edition of the podcast, talking to Casey Clemens and Chavez Young from the Toronto Blue Jays organization, both currently in single-A Dunnington, uh, though their season has been officially canceled by minor league baseball. And it was a long-expected move, I think, from minor league baseball to officially cancel its 2020 season. Uh, they came out with the press release on June 30th, three days ago. And as we're seeing with Major League Baseball, pulling off a minor league baseball season would have been insanely difficult, nearly impossible. And it turned out it wasn't possible. I mean, there's 160 teams spread across the country in minor league baseball and probably implementing health and safety protocols such as, you know, frequent testing for COVID would have been difficult with the available resources. And furthermore, Major League Baseball suspended its working agreement with Minor League Baseball due to the pandemic and has yet to reinstate it as of this moment, I think. And Major League Baseball teams, of course, are carrying 60-man player pools this season, those available to play in 2020, that is, those who opt to play. There's been a lot of players who have opted not to play, and we'll get into that in a short moment. But, I mean, many of which would have been in the minors, in a normal campaign, some of these players. So minor league teams would have to supply their own players. And from a pure incentive standpoint, Major League Baseball has lucrative postseason TV deals as a financial motivation to try and play in 2020. And the announcement, of course, is devastating for minor league baseball from top to bottom. I mean, hundreds of players won't play organized professional baseball this year. I mean, some Major League Baseball teams have committed to uh, uh, paying players $400 worth of stipends through September. But what comes after that is really uncertain for minor league baseball. I mean, ticket se- uh, uh, season ticket holders, uh, they're likely going to ask for refunds. I mean, there's no game day revenue. Clubs are going to have to forlow or lay off employees. 
and this all follows a very public uh, fight to axe around, you know, like 40 teams, I think, after this season, according to many sources, as Major League Baseball, of course, attempts to restructure the, the minor league system. And one reported uh, proposal, more or less, entailed the elimination of rookie ball and Class A uh, short season. But in the short term, minor league baseball teams, they're going to attempt to kind of salvage any possible revenue this year. I know the South Bend Cubs are hosting a movie night on July 10th, so look out for that. The Iowa Cubs are hosting high school games. Uh, South Bend will also be the home to the Cubs' uh, alternate training site this season for those in the player pool not on the active regular season roster. I know the Charlotte Knights are doing stuff at BB&T Ballpark in Charlotte, North Carolina. But uh, minor league baseball officially canceled for the 2020 season, and I did want to get into those players who opted out of not playing the uh, major league season as well. Uh, because there's a lot of big names who have agreed to not play this year. I mean, Major League Baseball, of course, is, is expected to open its 2020 season on July 23rd after a, a roughly three-week training period that started uh, uh, yesterday. I know Garrett Cole uh, struck out Aaron Judge, and then Aaron Judge, vice versa, took him deep 450 feet into the bleachers. I saw that yesterday at Yankee Stadium. But players are deciding on an individual basis whether to take the field this year while the coronavirus continues to infect, of course, large numbers of people in the United States. And Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed to more than 100 pages of wealth and safety protocols that are intended to keep team personnel safe. But there are still many players who continue to test positive for the virus. And baseball is allowing players who are deemed, you know, like, quote unquote, high risk to opt out of playing and not lose their their salaries or, or service time for this year. And players who are not considered high risk can also opt out of playing. But then they would forfeit their salaries and not um, access any of that service time. And several players have already announced, like I said, that they're going to be sitting out the 2020 season rather than take a chance on getting sick. Mike Leak of the Diamondbacks, he was the first player reported to have withdrawn from the 2020 season. Um, his agent, Danny Horwitz, Danny Horwitz said that in a statement on June 29th that Mike Leak came to his decision after speaking with his family. He said that they took countless factors into consideration, many of which are uh, personal to him and his family. Um, he's going to be giving up about $5 million in salary this year, the amount he would have made in the 60-game season. So he'll become a free agent in the offseason if the Diamondbacks decline their uh, $18 million club option on him for 2021, and then they'll pay him a $5 million buyout. Ryan Zimmerman, a big name for the Nationals, the defending World Series champs, Washington's longest tenured player, um, he cited that family concerns is his decision to stay away. He said, given my family circumstances, three young children, including a newborn and a mother at high risk, he decided not to participate in the 2020 season. He says he's not retiring, but he also hasn't decided on his baseball future past 2020, to, so, so something to look out for there. Another national, Joe Ross, 27 years old, was in contention to be the Nationals' fifth starter this year. He's going to be forfeiting about uh, the league minimum, $5,556, and uh, the 67 days of service time that he would have uh, had. And the Washington Post noted that that loss of days will push Ross's free agency el eligibility to after the 2022 season. 
so he said that, uh, and the Nationals said this too, Mike Rizzo said that we are 100% supportive of both of their decisions not to play this year. Uh, Ian Desmond was probably the most notable name from what he said on Instagram. Uh, of course, outfielder for the Rockies, he's 34. He said on June 29th that he's opting out for two reasons, a desire to be with his family, his wife, um, uh, she was pregnant with their fifth child, and his angst as, uh, you know, a, a man over all these racial injustices that have happened over the past few weeks. I mean, it's been happening for years, but obviously it, it's taken its toll here over the past few months. And Ian Desmond said that he will use the time off to work on reviving youth baseball in his hometown in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, he just said it's what he can do in the scheme of so much going on. So that's what he's going to do. I mean, his decision is going to cost him five and a half million uh, and service time. He still has another year plus an option to go for his fifth year. Um, I think his current deal is five years, $70 million. Uh, so that's probably the most notable name to this point. Luckily, new, no New York Yankees have decided not to play because, again, I feel like this is the year. And starting in three weeks, Donnie Finkel and I will be starting back up uh, our Yankee Review Series Yankees recap series for all series. Special plays, big plays, you name it. New York Yankees baseball is coming back to the Bronx as well as the Osho podcast starting on July 27th after that series with the Washington Nationals starting July 23rd when they kick off the MLB season. But we are talking more baseball here on episode 214 of the podcast with two interviews and a quote. Yes. La Champion, the seven-time world champion, current AEW superstar and frontman for Fozzie, Chris Jericho. He did another Saturday Night Special last weekend and answered another one of my questions. I think this was his 12th special since the pandemic started. It's the second time he's answered one of my riveting questions on the program. And if you missed the first one, it's on episode 179, so go check it out. But I just happened to tune in for the final 10 minutes of this one, and he happened to be taking some fan mail. So I popped in a question, and he responded. So let's listen to Chris Jericho talking about Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl. Jack O'Hara, hey Chris, would you ever talk with Dave Grohl and talk to Jericho? Absolutely. Dave Grohl owes me a drink, actually, to be honest with you. Um, my favorite Dave Grohl story is uh, we did the uh, uh, Golden Gods Awards. I hosted it. And um, we used to do this bit at the beginning of a Fozzie show where we had uh, a boombox on a stool in the middle of the stage and it would play like in England it was called the S Club here it would be like Justin Bieber or something along those lines and um, a roadie would come on stage no wait I'm sorry me I would come on stage with a baseball bat as this music was playing and I would slowly reach up and then I'd smash the boom box as soon as I smashed the boom box they would shut off the music either like I said the Backstreet Boys or so it would look like I smashed the boom box people would cheer and then Fozzie would come on and be like, bow, the Paul Stanley, like, bow, bow. So we were at the Golden Gods, and we needed somebody to walk on stage to do that. And for whatever reason, Dave Grohl was backstage. I'm like, dude, can you go do this? Yeah, sure, no problem. What do you need me to do? I said, just smash the boom box with the bat. For some reason, everybody was singing the Justin Bieber song. I think it was Baby, Baby. So when Dave Grohl walked up and smashed it, he got booed. And he's like, I, didn't even, I wasn't even supposed to be here. What am I doing? Uh, so he, yeah, we got Dave Grohl booed by uh, him smashing 
our uh, <laughs> our uh, boombox. So there you go. And then also at uh, at the uh, Clive Davis Grammy party one year, uh, I gave him a drink ticket for a drink, and he was supposed to buy me one back, and he just ran away. So there. again chris maybe i'll tune in tomorrow night for episode 13 you dig let's get to casey clemens and chavez young here on episode 214 of the podcast presented by believe podcast network the number one sports podcast network for professionals in the city of los angeles we believe in our teams do you believe do you first win of the year last night how's the all-around feeling in the clubhouse right now given like i talked to chavez young last night you guys are home away from home so here stadium's getting renovated and then you got to make the trip out to jack russell memorial stadium later tonight absolutely i'm doing well first off thanks for having me yeah um, no we're doing well i mean the clubhouse vibes are obviously good um we've got five in a row uh wins so far so uh, i'm just trying to keep it rolling and uh, you know, we won the first half, so the second half is kind of a, a light feeling in the clubhouse. Um, just working on team chemistry and, uh, you know, trying to keep things rolling. And you started the year in New Hampshire. What do you think has been the biggest adjustment for you since being called up here? Well, actually, it's called down. So Oh, is it? Yeah, so double-A was New Hampshire. So um, obviously it was good to go up there and, you know, get my feet wet in double-A and see how it is. Unfortunately, the weather was, was tough. It was cold and... Um, sleet and rain most of the days but um, coming back here the heat's been good and you know this is the team that I'm most familiar with considering I spent um, all my time in Vancouver with this team and and then um, you know my first month last year in, in Lansing with this team and right I love playing with this team there's so much energy um, a lot of team chemistry because we won the championship together in Vancouver so um, I'm glad to be back with these guys and um, competing for a championship here with them. All right. My apologies. Inspiring no, no journalist here, man. No worries. Uh, no worries. So earlier in the year, you actually got to go back to UT, University of Texas, where you played ball, alumni game, got to play with your brother Cody and your father, Roger. How special was that experience for you? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, anytime you get to play alongside a family member is something at such a high level. Um, that's something that doesn't happen very often. So, um, you know, I always loved watching my brother Kobe catch um, in professional baseball, and and he got to catch uh, my, my dad in a professional baseball game. So watching that was super cool, and then getting the chance to do it and play. You know, it's not the same. Right. Uh, it's not a real game, but just to go back and, you know, um, support the University of Texas, which I hold so dearly to my heart, and to do it with my brother next to me playing second base and my dad playing, throwing on the right. ground, um, obviously it was a very, very cool moment. And we got some cool pictures that we'll, we'll have forever. Absolutely. And you guys actually played the actual roster yes. in 2019. Yeah. So, we so it's not like alumni versus alumni. You're actually no, playing that. the alumni versus the, the current athletes at, at the university. So it's, it's a fun weekend every year. And I, I look forward to going back and 
um, supporting the, the program next year as well. Now, I've had a couple of friends grow up with dads who are Major League Baseball players, whether it was second generation, third generation. And, of course, everybody asks, like, is there pressure playing with that name? I know I've read a few articles where you guys said, like, it's just a last name to you guys. Was there pressure growing up, not just from your parents, but just from people all around? Like, was there an expectation level for you to be in baseball, or was it just like, it's whatever the hell they want to do with their lives? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is an expectation level. I mean, anytime you hear um, a name of somebody who's done well in that profession, whether it be baseball or or anything of that sort, um, there's obviously, you know, people are expecting us to be good because what they saw out of my father was amazing. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and, you know, that goes along with the other guys in this organization that have fathers who played in the big leagues. But as far as, like, feeling that pressure as a kid, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I really ever felt it till I understood, you know, how good he was right. and how good I have to be to fill those shoes. But, um, you know, I've had that my whole life, so I guess it's kind of just there and I'm used to it. Um, I couldn't really tell you that I feel that pressure every day because, you know, I've lived with it my right. whole life. Yes, there's a target on my back because my last name's Clemens and um, there's a certain expectation, like you said, that everybody probably has. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to, you know, pave my own way and, and, and create my own legacy as well as my brother, um, Cody, who's playing here in Lakeland as right. well. We're both... And it's different. We're both hitters, so um, it's a little bit different of expectation. But um, like I said, we're just trying to create our own legacy and and hopefully, um, you know, create our own path for ourselves. Obviously, you guys grew up around the game. Was that always the goal to play baseball, all of you guys? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it was the goal. It was just something that we fell in love with, um, you know, at such a young age when, you know, my dad was putting us in the uniform, you know, when we were yeah. three to five years old and putting the bat in our hands and going to all-star games and, you know, seeing how much fun it was. You know, we fell in love with the game at such a young age. So um, ever since I was a kid, I've always played ball and enjoyed playing it. And, and the fact that I got to go to college um, on a scholarship to play the game was awesome. And then um, when I realized, you know, I was probably good enough to play professional, then I decided, you know what, this is what I want to do so um I don't know if I he never really put it put it on us like saying you you, you need to play ball or he kind of just let us fall in love with the game like he did and uh, here we are and you mentioned being there at such a young age you guys were actually bad boys at one point weren't you yeah we uh, we did our fair share of bad boying um I bad boyed for the Yankees when I was it was before the whole Dusty Baker's kid incident where you know, he almost got hit um, where the, they changed the rule to you had to be, like, 17 or something years old. Um, but I used to bat boy for the Yankees, a couple games for the Astros, and then I loved bat boy. And actually, minor league games for my, my oldest brother, um, those were super fun because I got to watch him hit and go pick oh, up yeah. his bat and high-five him after home runs and stuff, which was, was super cool. And uh, obviously four years at the University of Texas with your brother Cody. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for two things here. Your favorite story on the field, your favorite story off the field. Ooh. Um, Being a Longhorn can't be easy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, um, I think probably my favorite story, like one of my favorite memories is Cody and I both homered against Kansas State in the same game in college, which was pretty cool. Um, 
other like as far as team going to Omaha, my 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 freshman year was probably the coolest, you know, story. Getting you know playing in front of twenty five thousand people every day, that was super fun. Um, off the field, man, I don't know. We had some we had some good stories that I probably couldn't tell over the phone. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think. Um, trying to think I, I don't know I think um, as far as off the field goes like most of the time we spent off the field was you know going to ranches stuff like that having fun in the off season um, but that's really all I got fair enough <laughs> uh, so I think it was 2017 you played in 62 of the 63 games during the course mm-hmm. of the year got thrown out of a game got suspended yeah. what's, what's the story behind that that's actually a good story um, so we we're playing Oklahoma and um, I got sh- I got called out on a, on a bad pitch, and I told the umpire that's so bad. And he said, "What did you say?" And I said, "That's so bad." And he threw that's me out, it? and that was it. And we tried to appeal it because Texas has Longhorn Network and has the audio and everything, and you could actually hear what I said and read my lips. And we tried to get it appealed but couldn't get it done in time so I had to sit out the following Tuesday game which was against Texas State at home um or actually no no I had to yeah so I had to sit out that game so that was the reason why I didn't play it was just ball. a rule like it wasn't like you yeah. did anything obnoxious once you if you get thrown out of a game I think you yeah it's a rule that you have to get you're suspended for one one game I feel like college is a lot more strict than oh, the yeah. pros when it comes to a lot yeah. of things Pro ball, you get thrown out, you get a fine, and that's about it. You just go out and play the next day. What do you think your biggest um, transition, or what do you think stands out most when it when you compare college ball to pro ball? The biggest thing I tell everybody is is um, you know playing every day. That's so that's literally so much different than college. You know, in college you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You got your Monday off, and then you come back and you play your midweek game on a Tuesday, and then you prepare for the team ahead. And so, you know, if you're not feeling good at the plate, you have a whole week to pretty much get ready to go. Right. Um, and you know who you're going to face. You know you know how they play. You have longer time to prepare for certain teams. And that preparation doesn't cause you to play well or bad. You know, it's right. practice. Yeah. So, um, and you're also recovering in, during the week. You know, you're getting your body ready for that weekend. Um, in pro ball, you're, you have to get your body ready every single day. You have to prepare every single day and play that night, whether you feel good, bad, or indifferent, you know. So um, that's the biggest thing for me is, I mean, people look at, you know, minor leaguers and big leaguers and say they want to do that. But to play 140 games a season or 160 games a season, like, it's, it's difficult to do and it's tough on your body. So, um you know, finding that routine that gets you the best you can possibly be every day. You might have 80% to give that day, but if oh, you yeah. can get yourself to that 80%, then you're doing well. In college, you feel 100% almost every single yeah. game because you're only playing four times a week. So that's that's probably the biggest difference. You think mental toughness is, like, the biggest key to oh, succeeding? Definitely. I mean, you go out and if you strike out four times on a Sunday in college, you got the rest of the week to figure it out. And try and not do that the next weekend. You strike out four times in this league, you gotta wake up the next day and go face another guy who's really, really good and try and figure it out in the game. So it's Casey, 
Kobe, Cody, Corey. Yeah. Why the K's? <laughs> Why so close? Well, it all happened. My my oldest brother, Kobe, when he was born, they decided to name him Kobe, and they decided they decided it was going to be with a C, but they decided to change it to a K for strikeout, which is the nice. symbol for strikeout. And so once they did that, um, then the next Corey came, and they said, Corey's a cool name. Well, shoot, let's just do it with a K. And then it ended up all of us being boys and all born with Ks for the strikeout. And they're all similar, too. Yeah, all four and letters. Casey, yeah. Corey, Kobe, yeah. Cody. Kobe and Cody, too. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. My mom gets to Oh, my God. All, <laughs> all the time. I could imagine. Similar to what I asked earlier about growing up in baseball, basically. Uh, I feel like a lot of people who play college ball who are just playing the game all the time. They don't really, like, sit down and, like, have a team. Like, me, for instance, I watched the Yankees. I grew up in Jersey. Right. Diehard Yankee fan. I feel like people growing up in the game, especially with guys like you who had a dad in the big leagues, right? you don't necessarily have a favorite team. You're yeah. just a fan of baseball, and you're playing it all the time, so you're not necessarily watching it all the time. Exactly, yeah. No, we were just talking about this yesterday. We were, uh, I was on, I was at an off day yesterday, so we were just you know talking shop on, in the dugout, and one of my teammates asked me, Who's your, what's your favorite baseball team? And I was like, well, I like the Yankees. I like the Red Sox. I like the Blue Jays, yeah. Astros. <laughs> He's like, how? I'm like, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> I grew up putting all those jerseys on. I, I don't really have a team. I, right. I just kind of like rooting for some players and uh, rooting for a really just good baseball. Right, and it's fair. And Cody's with the Tigers yeah, organization, Cody's right? Yeah, Tigers, yep. Okay. And Corey played, for, or Kobe played for a little while too, yeah, right? he played 10 years in the minor leagues. He has, like, his own um, organization. Was yeah. he at right now? Yeah, he's coaching and giving lessons at yeah. Houston. He's got two little twin boys, so... Oh, know. there you go. That's fun. Out, so. Are their names start with K, or are they... No, it's... Well, one of them, Klein. And, okay. And Royce. But, That's a cool name. Yeah. Um, so, two questions before I let you go. The first... I uh, was just scrolling through your content and found out you're a decent golf player. And uh, I, I bet it's really hard to find a tee time with Tiger Woods <laughs> at any point during his schedule. How'd that come about? Um, How'd you work that that's, one out? That's actually a long story, but um, I'll try and shorten it up for you. I was in um, Cabo, Mexico yeah. in the offseason, um, just enjoying some vacation time. And we were staying at a resort that one of our friends owns, and... Their first golf course, or their, one of their golf courses there was designed by Tiger, right. and he was coming in to play his course, uh, just to see, just to, you know, for the weekend, and I happened to be there, and there was a cocktail party that night, and we went there, and he was just talking to the, some of the members at the resort uh, about, you know, what the next course was going to be about, and, how, you know, just some info on, on the design and he came up, and the guy who owns that resort introduced me to him. I got to meet him, which was super cool. And then he asked the owner, Tiger asked the owner if he was going to play golf with him in the morning. And he said, no, my game is not good right now. I don't, do not want to play. And I just happened to be standing there with him. And he said, well, if you want to come out, you know, I'm going to tee off tomorrow morning at 730 and so I, I cancel all your plans. I your sleep and said, I'll, I'll meet you out on the range tomorrow. So that was pretty cool watching him come out and, you know, Tiger. I, I very rarely get starstruck just because I've, yeah. I, grew, I've been, I grew up around, right. you know, 
famous people, but that was one of the first times I've ever been kind of like, oh my gosh, this is Tiger Woods, this is crazy. And, and how'd you do that day? I actually did really well. I, I hit the ball well, um, and I got to you know play. I wasn't out of bounds every right. every yeah. hole. I was I was playing every hole, which was which was really fun. But he was super super easy to talk to, super oh, yeah. fun to be around. He loves the game of baseball actually, so he um, you know was asking me about where I was going to be in spring training, and you know he lives in Jupiter. He has yeah. a house in Jupiter, so hopefully one day we'll be able to link up and play again. Do you keep it respectable? Yeah. Did he tolerate you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was so impressive to watch, man. He hits the ball so pure. And to see it right in front of your eyes, you know, we were watching it on TV. Oh, my God. It looks nice, yeah. but you could only imagine how it looks from, you know, five feet away from you. All right. Casey Clemens, yeah. thank you very much, absolutely, man. Absolutely, Nice to meet you. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's probably going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have I'm close. You're like a solid 195. I'd say 190, 195. Yeah. I, 
I've been trying to get there for a few years now. My metabolism's a uh, shredder. Uh, what's your secret to staying in shape? Uh, like, what do you eat? I, I eat ice cream. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, you know, our dietitian do a great job. You know, trying to make it as easy as for us to eat healthy, especially me. Um, she does a really great job mixing, mixing my um, greens and protein. And, you know, try to hide it under the good, good stuff. All right, I'll take I'll take that as it is. Uh, digging your walk-up song. My next question is, what is your specific genre of music, considering you're the same age? And what do you think of the uh, newer rap music? I'm a big reggae soca guy, so I, I love it. I love, I love it. I love the you know nice and rhythm, rhythm beats you know from you know Marshall Montano or Popcorn, you know very big artists in the Bahamas. I like that. I dig that. Like personally, me. Like, what are your thoughts on the newer rap these days? Do you listen to it at all? I listen. I listen to rap, but if you want to tell me my go-to, I'm going with soca, soca reggae. I love it. I love the, the walk-up song. I love most of your guys' walk-up songs, actually. Um, so I did a little research. Grew up in the Bahamas. Um, only one player from the Bahamas has ever made it to the major leagues, which um, which resulted in you actually moving to Georgia yeah. in high school. Just briefly explain to me that transition at such a young age. Uh, I just basically, man, I just wanted to go off to school, you know, try to get my education, go off to college, and just work on every opportunity I got, you know, just you know, work for it. And, you know, scouts team, and I had a, the opportunity to show my talent, and hey, God is good, you know, thank God, thank God for life, and thank for the opportunity you gave me, you know, I'm, I'm here, here today. And how much does your faith play a role in where you are today? Um, I, I feel that, uh, like, you know, um, God don't give you hits, but right. like, he makes, you know, if you know, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as Lord Savior, you know, I don't know what you're living for. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's just bigger than baseball, you know. And once you realize that, then I think everything else falls behind. And last question before I let you go. Being a part of the Blue Jays organization these past few years, you've got to witness the likes of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Biggio, Smith, guys like that. A lot of coaches that you've gone through through the system have said you have played just as well. And the numbers have shown it. Your year last year, hit 285, have shown that um, – do you feel motivated and fired up when you see guys like the Biggios and the Smiths and the Guerreros getting a lot more adulation for their play? Does it motivate you as a player to know that you're probably the most underrated player in this organization? No, it doesn't. Um, I just play hard, you know. My time is going to come, you know. I just got to trust in the yard, you know. Time is everything. Um, I don't I don't worry about them stuff. You know, just keep on playing, have fun, and keep on playing to win. That's the most important thing. Thank you very much, Chavez. Thank you. I am so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Ah, oh, dude. She's only going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used tick pick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.